All right, thanks for checking out another FizzCast. A little bit of a hiatus, but we are back after a Syracuse basketball win. Shocking. Here we go. <laughs> we get to discuss it. Tim Leonard, Jonathan Hoppy on the FizzCast this week, and Jimmy B has done it. He's pulled a rabbit out of the hat. He's done it again. You said it. He's always got those rabbits. Yeah. Every year, <laughs> out of nowhere, just when you think they're out, they when pull you're you right back in. expecting it. Gosh. How many times can we say that phrase in, in one podcast? Over and over and over and over. But, Tim, was it false hope? It could have been. We have to discuss that now because it could have been a little bit of Virginia just being not the defending they national stink. champions and being pretty bad at basketball. So we'll dive into that. We've got a lot to discuss on this FizzCast. We might even need to touch on the defensive coordinator hiring just a little bit. Busy Mostly weekend basketball. it was. Yeah. Passive voice. A lot of stuff happening. As you go Yoda there. Let's do this FizzCast. Let's go. Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. Okay, Tim Leonard, Jonathan Hoppy. We were both down in Charlottesville to witness... The Syracuse false hope, maybe, reel you right back in type of victory that we kind of both even saw coming a little bit before the game. Virginia hasn't been that good this year. It just felt like the right place, even though you never really win at John Paul Jones Arena. They did it, and they look pretty good in the act of doing it. Virginia's offense is so (laughs) It's terrible. That's why I thought the Orange could win, right? and they did. Because usually if you're going to beat the 2-3, you got to have some shooters, and that's what they've had in years past. That's what happened last year when they torched them. Mm-hmm. This year they didn't have it. They did not have it. No. They have basically no one that can shoot the three. Kihei Clark tried to hit one at the end of the game, and he was left open. I mean, all these guys were left open in the second half. Well, the Tensai missed a lot for Virginia. and He couldn't do anything. Yeah, he, he was a complete non-factor for them, the Juco guy, but... Clark had a wide-open look to win this game. And think about how different this podcast would be right now (laughs) if Kihei Clark, and it looked pretty good in the air. It goes in and out. That's the play you probably forget from this game because when overtime happens, I mean, bananas. literally blitzed him. They scored 20 after 19 in the second half. Jim Beheim had no words to describe that after the game, but we forget. I mean, Kihei Clark, when he put that shot up, we were right there. I thought it was going down, and we'd probably be slamming the panic button right now. But that's sports. That's why we like it. That's how it works. And the shows change. The agenda changes. And, heck, it's going to change on Wednesday. Imagine if they lose. Oh, BC beats you at home. You can't blah, 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 and it's back to square one. Right. (laughs) But if they keep it going, man, maybe this team found something. And it's just that hope, right? We say the term false hope because all you want as a fan is hope. And they gave you that on Saturday. That's the thing that's nice, is at least this season's more relevant for a little bit. It feels like that Duke win last year, but the difference is it wasn't number one on the road. Now, Duke was down some players due to injury, so that helped Syracuse. And obviously, this game was not high scoring. I think it was 95-90 or something in overtime at Duke. Completely different style of game. But it does feel like the Duke one in the sense that it's right off the heels of losing to Virginia Tech at home, which you'd hope, is rock bottom for this season. And Georgia Tech last year was right before that Duke loss. But the difference now is you've got to keep on winning. Duke might have put you inside the bubble last year. You're still well outside the bubble in my eyes right now. I agree. And also, I'm not here to minimize that win. That was a big win. So we 
put it out there, false hope? I don't think so. I think this gives this Syracuse team a chance to build. They said after the game in the locker room, we told our guys this week we were going to win. Elijah said that. Quincy said it. Everyone said we talked about getting this win. They went out and got it on the road, a place the Orange have not won in the ACC. Yeah. They're 1-3 in that building. Tony Bennett's tough to beat at home, and they did it. Regardless of just how stinking bad their offense is, they've still got that great D. And we saw what it did to the Orange in Game 1. It wasn't a drastic improvement, nine points better, but still, to do that in overtime against that defense, I mean, three three three-pointers in a row. It was awesome. That doesn't (laughs) happen in that building. Think about it. They were shocked. The fans were shocked that we're there. And Tony Bennett said the difference in this year's or this current Syracuse team versus the start of the year when they played is Gerard, Bayheim, and Hughes are more aggressive. They know they have to get points from them. Well, they got it. Yeah. And look, you can look at the efficiency numbers for the big three. And obviously, Buddy had that terrible start, but he keeps on shooting as his dad asked him to. He gets that banker and I mean that's what the shot of the year in college basketball so far basically probably and incredibly sure improbable blew up on Twitter and yes the efficiency was down for those guys but all three of those guys each of them hit a big shot or two to win that game and that's so huge going forward because they couldn't really point to anything Gerard maybe a little bit could point to some Notre Dame moments but you still lost that game Each of those guys now have that to sort of file away and once they get down the stretch because they're going to have a lot more close games in ACC play that they have to win. They have to win these close games based on the position they're in. They delivered when it mattered most. That's an intangible thing, and you and I have been talking about seeing Elijah in that role. Yeah. Well, he got this party started with a huge three on the left wing that Marek Dolajai fed to him. Keep in mind, Dolajai— Yeah, we got to bring him up. I agree. Under the radar Completely under the radar. Yeah. Picks up four fouls with 16 minutes left in the game. How did he not foul out? I think I, he came <laughs> out for a little. For like a minute or two. He comes back. It was the minute of Jesse Edwards oh. and Quincy, which we probably going to talk, talk about, about that. that? I, all I'm going to say about that is, <laughs> and maybe, I know Jim was frustrated in the moment, but he's taken a little bit of satisfaction from that. Because everyone's been clamoring for Jesse Edwards, and I'm not saying it was just Jesse Edwards, and I do think Jesse deserves some minutes, and why not give Gil him some Gil Gross minutes? wrote a piece on our website. Yeah, and I think a lot Stats of people show believe that. He's the better option. Right. And for, But Jim definitely took a little bit of solace in seeing, okay, I put Jesse in and he wasn't ready for that moment, because now that's going to quell a little bit, I think. To be fair, too, it was Jesse and Quincy. Yeah. Those were your bigs, and the freshmen got torched. It was Virginia's largest run of the game. That's all their offense. A 12-0 run for Virginia. They scored 43 points, and 12 of them came in two minutes with Jesse Edwards on the floor and Quincy Gary, and it was mostly three-pointers, so it wasn't really their fault, but... You, I mean, it's probably not entirely a coincidence that that happened. So then you get Dolajai back in, and you feel like he's going to foul out any minute. You yeah. knew Barama was going to foul. Right, and it did take a while. It did. Yeah. He played Credit well. To him. He lasted longer than you thought he would. Right. Dolajai, they always say he's a smart player. He does everything right. Well, he showed us that. He was great in this game. I mean, if he fouls out, Syracuse does not win. Yeah, we kept saying that's the backbreaker, and we were saying that with like six minutes left in the game because you figured if you're Virginia, 
That's your goal. Get Dolajai, get Sidibe out of the game. They finally got Sidibe out, but they just couldn't get down low. The only time they got down low was an offensive rebound after a missed three. I mean, they tried to go to Huff. They tried that lob several times, and it was just errant, and it wasn't working. I, they had no answers, and the 2-3 zone has been awful this year, really. You, you can't sugarcoat it. But And I know it's Virginia, and their offense is terrible based on any metric. So it was a good matchup in that sense. And people are saying, you know, Jay Huff's a good player and stuff. He probably, a better big probably would have exposed Sidibe and Dolzhai like we've seen He's this season. That. Yeah. He missed some chances. He missed a lot of free not throws. Really a dominant interior guy. No, they don't have a guy. No. Really. And that's why when they had that final possession, they went to Kihei Clark and he had a good look at three. And as we said, if he makes that, completely different story. But he missed it. And that was a good matchup for them in the sense that they forced him to shoot threes. Stock up Dolajai. Way up. He's had a great stretch of games. Yeah. A great stretch. Stock up Gerard. Me and you have also been talking. I'll take ownership for this one. It feels like I want one of those mega performances for Gerard where you walk away and you say, man, JG3. Yeah. But what he's quietly done is string together multiple games now where he is there for his team at the right time. Eight straight games and double figures. He's making great decisions. He's been great as a ball handler. And he's facilitating this offense. And he's also making some big shots just like he did in overtime. Yeah. Maybe not great, but better. Better ball better. handling, better decisions, I'd say. I would say that's probably been the most consistent part of his game. Because his shooting is still kind of eh. Yeah. It was well, eh He went five UVA. for 11 from three though right outside of that he's not doing much I mean he he can't get to the rack against a Kihei Clark which is a step that he probably won't achieve until sophomore or junior season and we've seen that at this point but he's still getting three-point looks and he's making them and he's making big ones I mean that Notre Dame game that would have been maybe that JG3 moment if they finished it off because he came alive after the Prentice Hub step over and everything so those are the two biggest stock-ups for me. Dolajai, Gerard. Beheim missed a ton of shots, came alive in overtime, so it's not like you can walk away thinking, man, he's playing well. And then Elijah Hughes is Elijah Hughes. Yeah. He's been doing this for weeks. He continues to do it. His stock remains high. It's not moving. It's, it's where it needs to be. It's high enough. So if the big three that we like to talk about, even though Beheim says that doesn't exist – well, let me tell you, it did in overtime, <laughs> and each one of them got the three to put Virginia to bed. If they continue to play, Tony Bennett said it after the game. Those three guys are hard guards. They're as good as anyone three-point shooting-wise. They can shoot. Buddy is also not getting enough credit. He's added some to his game. He can get to the elbow and pull yeah, up and he hit. wasn't making them against Virginia, but he was going to it, and I, you like to see that. He get, he can get there and sort of create his own shot as opposed to be just a catch-and-shoot guy. Yeah. And I think he's added that for sure. And then Hughes gets to the basket. We saw a massive right-handed slam. Gerard, like you said, maybe that's not his strength. It's not his strength, but the shooting was there. Those are three great players. We know that. The offense is there for this team. The yeah. offense is way better than Boston College. It's one of the best in the in the league. Yeah. But the defense is where the questions really reside. Which feels weird to say because they just scored 43 points. But, I mean, they 
blew up in overtime. They went nuts in overtime, obviously. You got to give them I'm some credit I'm not worried about that. the offense at all. No. Virginia's so good at D, they force you to take these tough shots, and they right. just weren't falling. They posted big numbers against Notre Dame. They went down against Georgetown Virginia Tech. Even. Right. Then they came alive against Virginia. I'm worried about the defense. That's my biggest takeaway from this game. The defense did not show it was good against a bad team. So it's really hard to assess. Let's see the defense come out and shut down a team like Boston College because they could at home. Right. Why not a 20-point win? 20 is a bit much. How about 10? I don't know, though. I mean, BC matchup-wise, similar type of thing. They don't have anyone over six foot eight right now that's playing. Nick Popovich, their center, is hurt. So that's a win. Assuming that he stays hurt and it says he's out indefinitely, you got to win that game. I mean, based on the matchup, you're at home coming off this win over Virginia. You just there's no road to the tournament if you lose this game. I think. And I know they've come back. Playing this and, game again, huh? Well, I mean, I probably would have <laughs> said that after Virginia Tech, and and then they go and beat Virginia. And like we said, there's still an uphill battle from this point. And when you look ahead to the schedule here, like you've got to capitalize in this stretch of games because the end of January schedule is more favorable than February and even into the later stages of the season. Because February is when Duke comes to the Dome. You got Florida State on the road February 15th, Louisville on the road February 19th. But this stretch of games... BC at home, Virginia Tech on the road, yes, Notre Dame on the road, yes, but two winnable games against teams you probably should have beat at home, and then Pittsburgh and Clemson, Pittsburgh at home, Clemson on the road. Around that January, you've got to capitalize on that stretch. Let's address the T word. Tournament. Yep. Nobody wants to talk about it because no one thinks Syracuse has a chance. I was covering the Virginia Tech game on Tuesday. And I got so many replies <laughs> yep. when I even mentioned the word Would tournament. Would you like to clarify that? Because I didn't even say that they were in the tournament or could make the tournament. Right. All I said was 0-3 at home to start league play is unacceptable for any team with tournament aspirations. You can't debate that. No. <laughs> they pretty, had pretty tournament black aspirations. And, and people Syracuse. saw a tournament and, whoa, Buddy, we can't even win a game. Yeah. Worst Calm Syracuse down. team ever, which Calm I down. was saying some similar stuff after Virginia First off, Tech, this sure. team could still make the tournament. Now, we're not going to sit here and map out the road to the tournament because I think that would be a waste of time. Yeah. All we're saying is they're well out of the picture right now, but you can't discredit a road win against a ranked opponent. Now, cheer for Virginia the rest of the way. Oh, yeah. Cheer for the Cavs. Hope they turn it around and don't become like UNC That's and just thing. hand I mean, out home losses. There's not many quad ones out there in the ACC this year. That's what makes it a little bit tougher than maybe normal. Now, they've been in situations like this where it's looked really dire. This is probably even more dire. And you're also, I mean, they didn't want a single non-conference game of note. All you have is Georgia Tech on the road, who's playing all right. And it's weird that in ACC play, they've got two road wins and three home losses. I mean, That'll for turn. years, it was, it has to turn around. Regression and has to come. you think it start Wednesday. Right. You, you've got to win Wednesday. I mean, I don't think I wouldn't qualify this win as false hope. But the thing for me is it's still the same problems. Like, right. Barama Sidibe is, nothing, is not getting any better. Nothing has changed. Quincy played poorly in this game. I mean, Jim... 
basically bashed him and Jesse afterwards when someone asked him, what'd you think of them? He said they were there without, that's all I'll say. I don't want to get too into detail there. I'm just going to say they were there. Nothing has changed at all. Right. Other than, man, Virginia's pretty bad. Exactly. So it's not like. But it sounds like you've bought back in. Well, it doesn't change the national perception at all. And it shouldn't. It doesn't change their status of in the tournament, out of the tournament, wherever they were, which was pretty far away from the bubble. Maybe they're an inch or two closer. I mean, they bumped up in the net a little bit, which I know isn't really the stat that everyone's going to look at, but it's still somewhat relevant when determining quad one, quad two, all that good stuff. So they did bump a little there. 60 on Ken Palm. I mean... It's, That's a bump. It's still not great, but it was 70 to 60 after one game. More importantly, the Orange did something you didn't think they could do. That has to go for something. That has to count. Yeah. Look, we didn't know they start, could do it, and yeah. they did it. In order to start a run, you've got to get a, get a win to start it. And they've got to go on a run. I mean, they've got to rattle off at some point. I'd say five in a row or something like that. And this is their time to do it because, like I said, February is when you've got games where, I mean, Duke comes to the Dome, and, yeah, Duke lost to Stephen F. Austin, but they've been playing great lately. And I know it's inside the Dome where Syracuse has fared well against them, but I just don't see a world where Vernon Carey, their big for Duke, doesn't put up 25 and 15, 30 and 15, because – that's the thing for me is it's still the same problem. Sidibe, and I do think he was getting bashed a little bit. I mean, we were there. And I thought he was better than people made it out to be. Sure. I mean, his his numbers are never going to be good. He still can't hit a layup. But defensively, I thought he played tougher. He was better on the glass in that game and was more— In the right spot. Yeah, he was in the right spot. And he looked like—and that's what Jim always says. you got to be active, be more in the right spot for him to play well. I think he played better than maybe people are giving him credit for, but he's still going to get exposed against any top-tier ACC big, which is why games against BC, games against Virginia Tech, who they lost to already, they don't have a big. Like, you've got to win those games where you're at right now. So let's talk next week. Let's go ahead and bookmark it. Next Thursday, we'll talk. Yeah. We'll have Fizz Radio out on Thursday. I believe that's me on that show. It'll be me and Gil Gross. That's when we can talk and figure out where this team is. So we're not going to talk about the tournament and if they're going to make it or not, even though all you people bashing me for even bringing that up, that's all you want to talk about because that's (laughs) all that really matters. Let's see what happens over these next three games. Home against BC, you got to win it. Absolutely. Then what's intriguing is you get road Virginia Tech, maybe a little revenge, and then road Notre Dame. Maybe a little revenge. Two games that you would like to flip. If you came into conference play saying, we split with VT, split with Notre Dame, sure, you would have liked to swept at least one of them. Yeah. But if you find a way to split both, that's not so bad. Because like you said, it's all about flipping games at this point. You just flip Charlottesville. And getting quality wins. I mean, these road wins are huge. Because that's a better chance. I don't think Virginia Tech or Notre Dame is going to be quad one. You have to be inside the net top Virginia 75. Virginia Tech's pretty – they could be. They could be. I mean, they're sitting around 30 in the net right now. Right, and it's early and things will sort of settle a little bit there. But if you get a road win, 
against a team like Virginia, top 75 in the net, and Virginia's right around the border. So like you said, you've got to root for Virginia if you're Syracuse because it's not so much getting to 11 or 12 wins. Yes, that's important in ACC play this year with 20 games, but the type of wins is so important. And I do think, I mean, I was saying it all year, when you have three-point shooters, when you play the way Syracuse does, you're bound to pick up a couple upsets, not just because it's happens a 2 every three. Year. It happens every year to Syracuse, but especially this year because they have three-point shooting. That's what we saw in overtime. They finally started making And it wasn't even good up. in regulation. No. They didn't even play good in the last five minutes or so of that game, really. But Virginia so, is not good. <laughs> what they need to do, no, they're, they're really not. Yeah, but hopefully, and the ACC's not good. Hopefully, for us, Tony Bennett can turn it around, Yeah, and odds are he does. I don't see them free-falling. No, they'll be fine. They'll figure it out, and, and that's what SU fans should want. Yeah. So okay. all the games that really matter are the big games. You've I mean, got, you still got to take gotta, care of business. You've got to win these other games at yeah. a reasonable rate. But when you look at Duke, Louisville, Florida State, you almost need two out of three there. It's crazy, but you probably do. And it's slim pickings. But coming yeah. into the year, if we would have said, okay, what are marquee ACC wins? North Carolina at home, nope. I mean, they're the worst team in the conference. Virginia, maybe. they split. Yeah. Cool. You take that. You wouldn't cool. expect it to be the other way around. I don't even care what Virginia's doing. That's fine. Yeah. Duke, that's a big home game. Could they beat Duke? Yeah, sure. I, Seems to happen a lot. Happened I don't last think they're going to do it this year. I though. don't think so either, but how do the we know? The matchup is just terrible. I mean, that's <laughs> that's my thing is like, I yes, this win Florida is State. big. Yeah, maybe. This win's big, sure, but I mean – Nothing really changed here. They just made some shots in overtime. Kihei Clark missed a three, and they made three in a row. And Buddy finally, I mean, Buddy gets that lucky break, and they probably deserved a lucky break at everything. But, like, yes, I I think this win's important because it makes them relevant, at least for another three or four weeks in terms of that T word and that talk of all that. But... They're still so far out of it. They did something you didn't think they could do. Yeah. And you got to give them credit for that. But what I'll say to that is they didn't do it in the way that they made drastic improvements in one area. They won the game. Yeah, but it wasn't like Barama just went off for 14 and 12. Well, that's probably. I know it's a. a It could happen. I mean, he does it against inferior competition. It could translate at some point. I mean, if it was a win, is a win. They did it on the road. You've got to give this team some credit. They did show heart. I'll give them that. They've shown heart all year. Yeah. This team has fought so hard, and they'll continue to do so. Sometimes the product just isn't there, and it's not like it was a masterpiece on Saturday, but they beat UVA on the road. And that's how it should be if you're beating UVA on the road. And it's you've never got to get credit for that. So give this team credit. Now let's see what they do in the more important games all of a sudden. This next three-game stretch, two of three on the road. All right, so we'll talk next Thursday. Next week we'll We'll, we'll have start. it out. Next yeah. Thursday we will have all the answers. I'll use the T word next Thursday, <laughs> and not just because it's Thursday. Yeah, I got you. Real quick, though, Zach Arnett, your thoughts on defensive coordinator. I think it – I mean, 
it's not Rocky Long, and I thought maybe they'd get him, but it's it's his protege. It's basically maybe even better because he's younger. Right. I think it's a slam dunk. Rocky hire. Long, seventy years old. Right. Not that that's bad, but not exactly not the a permanent energy yeah. you want on this defense. They need someone that can be here for a while. I think he's good. Listen, yeah. he runs a, a very weird scheme with a three-man front and the emphasis on the defensive backs. Well, that should be a talented room next year for Syracuse, so that kind of works out. Right, and even upcoming classes, they've done well there. Right. That's a position where they've found those diamond in the roughs, like you know, Andre Sisco, Trill Williams, those types. So I like the scheme. And I think it's good for Babers, who also got a new offensive coordinator, just to restart a little. Yeah, I think that's what they needed to do. Clearly, he just scrubbed this sensed year. that last year was terrible. Right. What can we do moving forward? So give credit to Babers. Let's see how how all this works out. For sure. Well, it was a good weekend for Syracuse sports. They get. I mean, everyone's happy with this hire. It's almost scary how high the approval rating is on Zach Garnett right now. But I'm with everyone. I mean, there's no reason to believe that he wasn't kind of best of available it felt like they needed to go out of house yeah and just promoting standard not that he is a bad coach he probably is a great coach and is totally fitted for a defensive coordinator position but he was in it when it got really ugly not only last year years before that too so now they get some fresh blood in there and hit the reset button on this defense All right, well, we will bring up the T-word next week. We'll also have Fizz Radio later on this week. Myself, Tim Leonard, and Harrison Singer will probably release that Thursday night, Friday morning after this Boston College game, which is a must-win. Follow Orange Fizz on Twitter for updates of that one. We will talk to you guys soon after a Syracuse basketball win. We'll see if they can keep it rolling. For Jonathan Hoppe, I'm Tim Leonard. Thanks for listening, as always, to the Fizzcast.